0: Welcome to Fresno's Best Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Maddox. Today, we have George Scott on the show. Scott is the co-founder of Sinister Boxing MMA Academy and a highly experienced coach with 25 plus years of experience in various martial arts, as well as a bachelor in science in physical education. With his vast knowledge and passion for coaching, George is dedicated to helping his clients take their skills to the next level and reach their full potential in both martial arts and fitness. This was an awesome conversation and a bit different than our typical episodes as we dig into a lot of fitness and health topics here. One note before we get started, I will be taking the next few weeks off and we'll return with our next episode on July 17th. Hopefully you are also taking some time for yourself this summer and getting some rest and much needed restoration. But now, without further ado, let's meet George Scott and Baker will take us there. Fresno's back! George, where do you like to eat in
1: Fresno? Yeah, so I'm I'm a big food guy. I like trying out all these new type of restaurants. As soon as there's a new one that comes out, I like jumping all over it, like all types of foods. I'm a big tapanyaki guy. Oh, so yeah. places like Nami's, Sikurchaya. I just like experimenting with a lot of different places in Fresno.
0: Okay. So I also like tapanyaki, and I'm gonna force you to do something hard. Give me your hierarchy of the best teppanyaki in Fresno. Oof. Is Sakura Chai on top? Because I know a lot of people that would say that.
1: I know a lot of people like it. To me, it wasn't one of the best. One of the members here at the gym actually used to be a chef at all these places. And so he, that's actually on one of his lower ends based oh, on... really? Okay, experience. so what's the top? He said Nami's is pretty good. I forget what it's called. O- Osh- Oshinuma? Or Osh- Do you know what it's called?
0: No, I haven't heard of that. I mean, I usually my it's usually Sakura Chaya, sometimes Nami, and then Wasabi on Fire is usually kind of my like rotation.
1: Yeah, so I would, would definitely say Nami's and Sakura Chaya. Those are kind of the only two I enjoy going to right now. But definitely want to try out all the other ones that way I get a better
0: feel. Awesome. We're we're going to be talking about fitness, and sometimes people assume that people that work in this space or really into fitness only eat chicken breasts, broccoli, and brown rice. Is that not true or is it kind of true?
1: That's what a lot of people feel. They feel that if they eat bland, then that's when they're going to get the best results. But I mean, what's the first three letters of diet? D-I-E, right? So you don't want to kill yourself on a diet, right? And just limit yourself. There's a lot of other ways that you can have a healthy diet, right? You can eat... Fish, right? You can have shrimp, you can have rice, you can have greens. So as long as you're getting your protein, you need some carb- carbohydrates in order for your explosive energy, your speed, your power, those type of energy systems. And then you need your fats and lipids for your long dur- your long endurance. So your distance running, distance swimming. So you need to have a balanced diet and you can mix it up however you want. You just got to make sure that you're not overeating. You're not just eating carbs, right? Like a lot of the times, a lot of people love Mexican food, right? So it's like, all right, let's dip this tortilla in some grease. Let's add some lard to this, you know? So as long as you're cutting out a lot of those bad things and you're eating balanced, you're going to be able to lose weight. But with losing weight, it's not just diet. It's diet plus exercise, drinking a lot of water, right? So instead of having that soda or that Starbucks, maybe have some water, some athletic greens or or something like that, that's going to benefit you and your nutrients rather than just satisfy those hunger hormones.
0: Absolutely. And I, I'm I'm sure you're familiar with him, but I just finished Peter Atiyah's book called Outlive. Basically his like fitness and diet manifesto. And one of the things he says is that we spend a lot of time just like looking, trying to find the perfect diet, the first perfect balance of what's the term people use macros or whatever. And he's like, yeah, just have a pretty good diet, but then just exercise a bunch. And you're going to see 99% of the results from that. And so I think a lot of us get really focused on diet because eating is not as much work as having a like a regimented fitness routine. So it makes sense and there's also so much good food out there that it kind of feels like we need to focus on it. But I think you're right. I think keeping it simple and balanced and then just really working on your fitness, which is what we're going to talk about today. For me at least that's been the key for me to feel more healthy is allowing myself to go to South of Shaw and get a pizza and a beer periodically but having a pretty good diet on the daily and working out every day that seems for me at least that's what's produced the most results would you agree
1: absolutely and a lot of times people they want the quick fix right how can i lose 30 pounds in 10 days well that's most likely not going to happen right (laughs) so it's consistency over time the only way that you're going to get in good shape is if you're consistent and motivated and if you're just eating plain chicken plain rice plain broccoli every single day you're gonna lose that consistency. You're gonna lose that motivation. So if you have a cheat day, that's fine. Just
0: don't turn it into a cheat week, right? Yeah, I agree. So, so let's, I jump in. let's jump in. So we're gonna be talking about martial arts primarily in this conversation, but I wanted to start with your story of how you got into this world because I think everyone's story is unique. Some people get into certain things to address other areas of their life that are less in control. Some people get into them just because they love the sport or they love the program. Some people get into it to be more healthy. What is your story?
1: Well, I grew up in a little small farm town called Kerman, California. So people in Fresno should be pretty familiar with Kerman. Not a lot to do out there, right? So I grew up with a twin brother as well. So I had an older sister, a younger twin brother, and then another younger brother. Well, my twin brother, very active, very aggressive in nature, not as like an evil person or anything in that sense, but just somebody that loved to rough house, 100 miles an hour all the time. And so growing up, me and him would always be wrestling, fighting, throwing each other around, jumping off furniture, all that stuff, just a ton of energy as kids, right? And so my grandparents decided, all right, we're five years old, let's go ahead, let's throw them into Taekwondo. And then so we started doing Taekwondo and we're like, wow, we really like this. And so we started training that for a while, just backyard boxing, wrestling, got into actual wrestling, did that for quite a while, went to some few state tournaments and stuff like that, competed at a high level, really developed that love for martial arts, ended up moving to Monterey. So grew up there. Did some wrestling there, went to high school, college, all that kind of stuff around that area. And then after high school wrestling, the only option you have is to go to collegiate wrestling. Right. There's really nowhere else to pursue martial arts or as far as wrestling goes. So we had to find a new way to stay involved in that kind of community. And my brother wanted to be a cage fighter. Like I said, he was kind of crazy. Right. So. We got into a fight team. We started training every single day and started taking jujitsu from an eighth degree coral belt named master Joe Morera. his program. Really, really cool guy from Brazil and showed us a lot of cool stuff. I'm like, man, I, I had no idea that like these types of martial arts existed. So got into that. My brother started competing. I became a cut man. I became a grappling coach for the fight team. Worked my way up from that, started teaching youth jujitsu, and then eventually became the assistant head coach of the fight team. Ended up being a head coach for quite a few fights, so traveling around with fighters in order to train them, coach them, prepare them for their competitions, and then also being a cut man in the process. Then our team folded because the head coach, the guy who owned the gym, up and left Utah over over the weekend and didn't tell anybody. So we're like, man, now we're kind of out of martial arts, something that we love to do for a long time. Not a lot of schools in our area. And eventually decided, all right, maybe I need to focus on a real job. So. Moved around a bit, experienced life, moved to the East Coast, lived in Boston, Rhode Island for a little bit. Then I decided to come back to California and move back to Fresno to be with my family. Got into teaching, so got my degree in physical education and then went down to Long Beach for adapted physical education teaching credential in their grad program. When I was there, graduated, got all that done. And I was just like, man, I don't know if I want to teach dance and jump rope and how to throw a Frisbee. Like, I want to get back into martial arts and teaching martial arts. So all throughout that time, I was doing random martial arts here and there. So some judo, some Muay Thai, some kickboxing, just learned from a lot of really high quality guys. And every time I was doing martial arts, I was like, man, I feel so much better. I love this. My mindset's in the right place. And then every time I wasn't doing martial arts, I was like, man, why am I depressed? Why why do I feel like something's missing from my life? So as soon as I graduated, that's when the pandemic hit. And so it's like, well, it's a really hard time to get to a teaching job. Everything's done through Zoom. Like, how do you teach PE through Zoom, right? How do you, now I got to learn this whole new style of training and stuff. And it just, it just seemed like the right time to get out of teaching and, use that degree for something that I was really passionate about. So how do I blend all my passions into one thing? So then I started working at local gyms, teaching martial arts, and then teaching private sessions. So I would go all around Fresno, Clovis, go to people's houses, parks, wherever I got to go, do 30-minute sessions, teach people boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. Couldn't really do the grappling because of... The situation right most people don't want to grapple on concrete or in the grass you know they're <laughs> yeah, understandable. And, you know it's really it's really hard on the body sure so a lot of people you know you got to be in the right mindset and the right environment to teach all those things but grappling was kind of my specialty so working at all these other gyms working seven days a week 13 hours a day doing stuff in my downtime to learn martial arts practice my own martial arts and teach other people martial arts and eventually got to the point where i was able to meet my business partner he was a private client of mine and we were just training in his garage he's just like man we got to get you a gym like you're one of the best instructors in fresno like like your knowledge, the way you teach, everything about you, like you deserve a gym. So what do you think about us going into business together and actually getting this gym going? I was like, wow, that was kind of like the opportunity I've I've always been waiting for. And so we formed a plan, got into an agreement, opened this place up in January, and it's been super fun ever since.
0: I have so many thoughts about all the things you're saying. I think one of the things I love about your story is that you just kind of have this like, you had. it seems like these challenges have come up. You know, coach or leader leaves in the middle of the weekend. You don't know where he's going. You just move on. Pandemic hits and you just pivot. So it seems like you have this flexibility to just kind of pivot when things happen, which I, I mean, that's how a lot of us wind up where we are is kind of almost not accidentally, but trusting our guts in the moment and just following but not doubling down. Oh, I started a program in Long Beach and therefore I need to see it through. I'm just going to go where the opportunity is. So I, I really love that about your story and for him to identify you that way speaks a lot about you and then how you carry yourself and your character. I want to jump in before we talk more about the gym to talk about some definitions for people, especially people that are not familiar with this space. So Let's start with the term martial, which is an adjective, which means warlike. And so one misconception that we maybe we should just start with is learning martial arts is just learning about how to hurt people. Is that true or false?
1: Well, it has some truth to it, right? That is a part of the sport, right? Take boxing, for example. Boxing, you learn how to hit somebody and then you learn how to get hit, right? Two halves. You yeah. hit and you get hit, but there's a science that goes with everything. Martial arts isn't just about the physical, it's about the mental. One phrase that always sticks with me is I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war, right? So yes, martial arts is where it's kind of dangerous at times, but learning an art of self-defense, learning different ways to move your body, to use your body and different ways to think and strategy. It's a physical game of chess. So if you like puzzles, if you like trying to overcome challenges and obstacles, then this is something that is for you. And the way that I teach martial arts is you have your foundation, right? So you can learn martial arts and the art of boxing and all of this stuff in a safe, fun and motivating environment where you're not getting hit, right? You're hitting pads. You're learning how to throw a proper punch. You're learning how to throw a proper kick. You're learning how to control somebody on the ground. Because if you're ever in a situation where you need to defend yourself and you've never, because evil exists, right? Like we can't sit here and pretend that Oh, I'm just going to go through life and nobody's ever going to mess with me. Nobody like I'm going to go through life perfectly unscathed. I'm never going to get scratched, (laughs) whatever it is. Right. Maybe you get attacked by a mountain lion. Maybe you get attacked by a person. Maybe you're a young lady that's just walking to her car and somebody grabs you. Right. You got to know how to use your body and use your mind to get away from dangerous situations. Yeah. And
0: and when my wife was in grad school, she took some self-defense classes for exactly those reasons, which, and I've heard this repeated, it's probably like a Joe Rogan thing or something. I mixed feelings about him, but that's a whole different subject. I, something about like, if you're in a dangerous situation, do you want someone else to have the control of that situation? Or do you want to have the control of that situation? If someone's attacking you, your objective is to ultimately stop the attack and prevent them from doing more harm, not to like retaliate and harm worse I think that's what I've heard from people that practice martial arts too. It's just about diffusing as well as protecting yourself. So I do see the value in that in a lot of ways. And I think I think that confidence in going to situations probably helps you as well, where you feel like, oh, I, this person's being threatening, but I have confidence that I can diffuse if I needed to.
1: Absolutely. I know we've had a couple kids that have come in here and They've had a history of getting bullied for whatever reason, right? Whether they're younger, maybe they said something and it got taken the wrong way. Well, they would get attacked. They would get beat up. And then they come to the gym for, you know, a couple months, learn how to throw some punches, learn how to defend against punches. Well, they got into situations where, okay, this happened again. But then they defended themselves. And now they're not being bullied. So one girl actually stopped kids from getting bullied. So she gained the confidence in order to help others that were in that situation that she used to be in. So she got award from the school, you know, a water bottle, just became somebody in her school that really improved the quality of herself, but also other people around her that were less fortunate that were getting bullied and picked on. And she was defending herself from bullies, and now they kind of have a reputation of, "Hey, don't mess with these kids because they're not going to stand for it." Right? Yeah. They're going to.
0: Well, and we'll get into kind of the classes you teach in a second, but in terms of like, as essentially you're giving people skills, right? Almost like kind of like a weapon, if you will. How how do you how do you teach people to use that weapon with respect and caution and what's the philosophy you give them to thinking about their body now, now that it has these skills.
1: Everything can be used for good or evil, right? The guy who invented TNT won the Nobel peace prize for being able to mine and to create, you know, opportunities to gather more resources. But then people took that same technology and ended using it for bombs and weapons, things that can harm people. So everything in this life can be used for good or for evil and it's up to you to control that right with great power comes great responsibility we all hear that Mm -hmm. but the way that i always preach it is you know you do it in here and you train yourself in here so you don't have to use it out there when people come in here and they get that confidence a lot of times when people get into fights or anything it's an attack of the ego You disrespected me, so now I'm going to hurt you, right? That's where bullies come from. They have low self-esteems. They pick on somebody else, so that way they lower somebody else to make themselves feel better. When you come in here and you train and now you have these weapons, you have this self-confidence about you, you don't feel you have to prove yourself because you prove yourself in here every day. But when the opportunity comes and you have to protect yourself and you actually do protect yourself, you're like, wow, that feels good. And when you come in here and you, you get beat up, right? You're like, wow, this sucks. I really don't want to put somebody else through this. So just making sure that when people come in here, they leave it in here and not taking it out there, using it for evil. Everything
0: needs balance. That makes sense. Can we talk for a second just about martial arts and what it includes? Because, I mean, it includes everything from Aikido. I know some people practice that to kickboxing which so it seems like it's a really like a broad category how how do you think about how those all those different forms of martial arts are related so
1: the way that I think of martial arts is how to use your body in a way to protect yourself right so as we were talking about how broad martial arts is a lot of people don't realize archery is a martial art Ooh. it's using your body in a way to protect yourself so you got to Aim your bow, draw it back, find your accuracy, and then correctly release the arrow to hit your target. So even things like that, where you're not physically touching somebody, you're using your body in a way that can protect yourself or for hunting or, you know, whatever reason people use archery. And the martial arts that I teach is boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and Judo. All of those I find are the best for mixed martial arts, how to put those together for self-defense. But like you said, there's tons, there's Tai Chi, there's forms, right? Sword forms, different tools can be used to protect yourself. So whether it's swords, axes, whatever commas, whatever type of weapons that you can think of, being able to use a tool in order to protect yourself. That's what I think of martial arts.
0: That makes sense. And So now that you've been operating a gym, but also in your experience of acquiring private clients, what kinds of people are attracted to martial arts? Is there kind of like a a common theme amongst the people that wander in your gym?
1: I would say yes and no. I've trained people that are from three years old who just want to, their parents want to get them into a social setting. Maybe get familiar with the idea of being hands-on with somebody, right? Because being close and touching somebody is actually a skill. It's something that we have to learn, right? The first time you grapple somebody, a lot of times you like you reach out and you're far away, and like you you feel uncomfortable. So there's a a comfortableness that you have to get being close contact with somebody. And then learning social skills, how to follow directions, discipline, how to start learning techniques. Because learning is a process. So you have to learn how to learn. And so when you start them young, they're able to go that way. And then today I have a private client. He's 70 years old. He's just doing it for his health reasons. Somebody that wants to better his arthritis. Somebody that wants to get his blood moving, his heart pumping, get a little sweat going. And still feel like if he is posed with a dangerous situation, he at least has an opportunity to protect himself. So I get people that are young females that want to protect themselves for self-defense. We get guys that want to compete in martial arts because they want to prove that they're tough, that they can handle their business, that they have this desire within them to compete because they want to be like the guys that they see on TV. Or we have people that just grew up fighting And this is the only place where they can practice that because out on the streets, if they're fighting and getting into trouble, they're going to jail. Right. And then we get people that just want to do it for fitness, people that, you know, hey, I haven't worked out in a long time. I want a fun new way to mix it up because I don't want to go to the gym and just do squats and bench press. I want to, like, learn how to move my body, how to be coordinated, how to just have a fun way of protecting myself or have a fun way of trying out a new skill. There's so many different reasons why people come in here, but they all come in here with the idea of, hey, I wanna get into better shape and I wanna learn how to protect myself.
0: Hmm. And I would you say that's kind of in terms of outcomes for people? Like, I'm, I'm just thinking in my head, when people when someone tells me to go to the, they're going to the gym, And I don't know what gym they go to. My brain just goes to GB3. That's just where my brain goes. And, or I, like my wife is going to a yoga class on Sunday and each of these different kinds of environments, it seems like produce kind of different results. So how would you, I mean, think about someone or contrast someone that comes consistently to your gym versus someone that just goes to GB3 gets on some machines, maybe benches a little bit, gets on the Stairmaster, takes a shower and goes home. What's the difference between those two people?
1: Well, actually, we have a lot of guys that are in here now that used to be power lifters, Olympic lifters. One of our guys, state champion bench press, right, just competed in a lot of different bodybuilding competitions. And he was saying, man, when I was lifting weights, I was so stiff. I felt like a robot. It took me a long time to get out of bed because I have all this compression on my joints. My back hurts, my muscles are stiff. Like, yeah, maybe aesthetically I looked good because I had these big muscles, but it wasn't fulfilling, like it It, was, it got boring. It got so repetitive that, all right, I just go. I put these weights on the bar. I push it up a couple of times. And then I can't move for the rest of the day because I'm so sore. Started doing boxing, got into this because he wanted a different way of moving his body. He's like, I want to be more agile. I want to be more flexible. Right. So now it's
0: like functional strength is kind of what it is. Right.
1: Absolutely. Functional strength. And we all think of we all have this idea of fitness. Right. Right. Fitness is actually five different categories. It's your muscle strength, your muscle endurance, your cardiovascular, your flexibility, and your body composition. Most people focus on one of those aspects. So they're, oh, I just want to be nice and strong. So I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to lift weights because I want to be strong. But now you, you don't have any flexibility. You can't move around. Maybe your body composition isn't very good. Maybe you have these strong muscles up top, but then you neglect your legs, right? Everybody likes to see
0: those guys for sure. So
1: so you see those guys and they're kind of walking around topsy-turny and they're not able to have proper muscles because maybe they're, they never learned how to lift weights properly. So they're doing little half ones and then you get the guys that have the uneven biceps and stuff like that. Then they have weak hearts because they're not getting their cardio in. they're not doing all these things that they need to do in order to improve their overall fitness. So one thing that I always ask people when they come in is like, how often do you stretch? They're like, Oh, I never stretch. Well, if you're not stretching, then you're already at a B for your fitness, right? You're already missing 20% of your fitness because now you don't have that functional flexibility. If you can't touch your toes, it's going to be real hard to tie your shoelaces in a couple of years, right? Yeah. So the longer that you neglect all aspects of your physical fitness, the harder it is going to be whenever you get older and older and older. We always hear that an object in motion stays in motion, right? The laws of inertia. So if you never get started on this process, there's going to come a time where it's too late you're just like, all right, I never took care of my diet. I never took care of my my muscle endurance, my muscle strength, my flexibility. And now I'm 60 years old in a wheelchair.
0: Yeah. And- I was actually just having this exact conversation with my parents because going back to that book that I mentioned before by Peter Atiyah, Outlive, one of the things he talks about in the book is is the sentinel sentin- how do you say hundred year old centenarian centenarian decathlon or something where he has these things that you want to all be able to do between the age of 90 and hundred, like get out of a chair, like lift something up from the floor. And I think a lot of us are in this short term game where we're just trying to get hypertrophy for like when we're at that pool in Vegas or whatever, and mm-hmm. we're not thinking about, Oh, that would really suck to, like have to have a lift chair at 70 to get up <laughs> but it's it's hard to get people to think in that way if that makes sense and because the because having big muscles and whatever else is is what's socially desirable i think in some ways whether it's social media or, or whatever that someone that's just an all-around athlete that can do a lot of things moderately well i don't feel like is looked on as like something desirable i mean would you kind of agree with that assessment of how things are right now. I
1: think a lot of it is just a lack of understanding, right? For the longest time, like I'm not sure how old you are, but growing up in PE, right? What was it? It was a teacher that sat down, rolled out a bunch of balls and was like, "Go play." <laughs> right? PE's changed over the last decades and so now we actually take the time to teach about nutrition we take the time to explain the benefits and actually start the learning process because before physical fitness was a way to discipline people right oh you're not listening give me 20 push-ups oh you're not listening go run a mile oh you didn't finish your homework all right well now you're gonna have to wall sit for all this time so we associated physical fitness with punishment so when As kids got older, they viewed everything as, oh, well, I'm not going to run. I'm not in trouble, right? So there was a psychological thing that, that happened where people just associated physical fitness with punishment. So it was a negative reinforcement. So now you try to focus on making it a positive and showing all these studies and research that physical fitness is awesome for your brain. It's awesome for your body. For the same reasons when you get older you're investing in yourself you only get one body and if you don't take care of it if you're not maintaining it it's just like a car if you never change the oil in your car if, if you're putting in the wrong gas if you're you know you're not taking care of the interior then your car breaks down it's not going to make it to that 200 300 000 miles mm-hmm. but if you change your oil if you constantly changing your tires if you're putting the right fuel in your car you can drive that car for the rest of your life comfortably
0: i agree with the brain thing and this is something i've never disclosed on the i mean 90 almost 100 episodes of this podcast but almost before every show i go for a run and it just clears my head to like be focused with people i can't do it every time obviously but every chance i get every opportunity i i do that and I wanted to talk a, a few more mind-body things before we get into the specifics of your gym. One one concern I have, and I was hope you could address this with me, is injuries. I had a lot of friends over the years get into CrossFit and then overexerted themselves, tore pectoral muscles, did other crazy things that when they're trying to compete to be X, Y, and Z and stack up against whoever was the top athlete in the gym or whatever. Are there certain kinds of injuries people should be cognizant and concerned about or do you think that's just people not getting the right direction from their teachers or coaches
1: definitely it has to do with not getting the right direction now injuries are part of life they happen right non-athletes get hurt all the time i know <laughs> i just know somebody recently who was carrying laundry back from the washing machine trip rolled her ankle, fell on her hip, tore, tore something in her knee. And that's just dealing with laundry, right? Mm-hmm. So now when you put yourself in an environment where you're using your body in more vigorous ways, you're going to increase that chance of injury always. But a lot of the times with CrossFit, what happens is they tell you to go 100 miles an hour right off the bat. They don't teach you proper form. They just want you to do all these crazy things. All right, grab this bar, lift it over your head 10 times, push it up, jump up and down. And then you're like, well, your body's not used to that. You have to condition your body and your technique in order to prepare yourself for certain situations. With the way that I do it is I'm not going to throw you in the ocean if you don't know how to swim. So we start with beginner classes. We start with the basics, the fundamentals, how to properly throw a punch, right? If you're throwing a punch and your wrist is curled up or you're overextending, if you're too far away, if you're hitting the pad at the wrong angle or the wrong part of your fist, you're probably going to hurt yourself. So everything starts with form and technique. Number one, form, technique, your base. If you don't have a good foundation, then you're going to injure yourself. So I know I've I've worked at a lot of other gyms and things like that where, all right, you get five seconds to explain somebody how to do this, and then they start hitting the bag as much as possible. And then they're like, my wrist hurts. Why does my wrist hurt? Well, we didn't have the time to teach you proper technique how to hit, right? Because everything's just go, 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 go. Sometimes these gyms are like, all right, we're going to trade sweat for money. So as long as you come and you sweat, that means you got a good workout and you learned, right? That's not my approach. Like I said, I come from a teaching background. I want to teach proper technique. I'm very strict on technique for that reason. I don't want people getting hurt in my class. In six months of my advanced boxing and MMA class, the only injury somebody's had was a broken nose because an accidental headbutt. So in six months, people weren't getting hurt from actual martial arts. It was just an accidental clash of hits, And... That's really good for a combat gym, right? And more people actually get hurt outside of the gym than they do inside of the gym, which blows my mind, right? You would think, all right, this is a place where they're punching and kicking each other, and (laughs) but everybody's using good form. They're using good defense. They have good posture, good balance, so they're not rolling their ankles. They're moving their heads, so they're not taking direct, like, full punches. And we like to focus on technical sparring rather than Fight to the death. Sometimes these gyms are all right. All right. We want to throw everybody into the gladiator pit, see who makes it out. And then if you make it out, then we'll start teaching you a little bit. Not with me. I want to take somebody that's never done martial arts before and turn them into somebody that could be a world champion. That's my ultimate goal. I don't want the guy that's naturally gifted. I want somebody that has to earn their way to the top. And do that through technique. If you do that through repetition, if you do that through conditioning. And then start applying it, then, A, you're not really worried about injuries because you strengthened all your muscles and joints in the right way, your form's good, so you're not hitting at bad angles, and you actually know how to defend yourself, so that way you're not taking 100% damage.
0: One of my favorite things I like to ask people about is, because we all see the world differently, how their particular expertise or their background influences how they see the world. And so I guess the question, if I were to frame it, would be this. How, how do you think differently by practicing martial arts? And there are some ways that you see the world differently once you kind of have that lens. I come from a background of education. So when I look at the world through my teaching lens, I tend to see the problems and solutions through that lens, if you will. I th- see education as a <laughs> probably a more of a solution maybe that it always is. I tend to see it that way. Are there certain ways of seeing the world after you practice martial arts that kind of influence how you think about problem solutions, what the world is going through, how we can fix things? Absolutely.
1: I know one thing for me that when I do martial arts, I see it as a game of adaptation. If you, you're trying something, you're trying something, it's not working, it's not working. You get frustrated, right? You're like, and then you start like trying to force things to happen. And then that's when you start making mistakes and that's when everything starts going off the rails, right? So you have to calm yourself. You have to be like, all right, this way's not working. How do I adapt and improvise and overcome? So then you start changing your your game plan. You're like, all right, I'm trying this, I'm trying this, I'm trying this, it's not working let me try this. And you're like, oh, okay, that's starting to work a little bit better. Maybe there's a better idea that I can do. And then you go in there and you try it and you're like, okay, that worked. So you realize that every problem doesn't have the same solution. There's multiple ways to approach something. We're not boxed into, all right, maybe I'm having this problem at work, right? And I have to do it this way. I have to keep trying it this way, keep trying it this way. So for me, it's it taught me how to adapt and to flow with the opportunities that come. So not everything's going to go the exact way you draw it up, right? There's very rarely a perfect situation where I just go here. This is how you do it, A, B, C, and then you get your result. Now, it's ups and downs, and you got to be able to try out new ideas, new strategies. You have to be experimental and you have to be okay with adapting and and trying out a new strategy that maybe you're not comfortable with, right? So like when I opened up this gym, I didn't know how to be a gym owner, right? I saw (laughs) other people do it. So how do these classes work? What's the best way to advertise? How do we make our students happy how do we make them the best versions of themselves inside and outside of the gym how do i teach these classes when there's two people in it compared to 20 people in it and so you have to be willing to just see everything be calm in those situations and adapt as you go try it out if it doesn't work it doesn't work try something else if it doesn't work it doesn't work try it out and eventually you're going to find something that it works
0: Last question before we jump into programs and classes. Can you share some stories of how you've seen people by practicing martial arts change? It could be body or mind or both, but can you share some 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 positive stories that you've seen how people have been able to grow and adapt and get better because of this art form?
1: Absolutely. So like how we were talking about earlier, we had this young girl in middle school. She was getting bullied. Her brother was getting bullied. They came in here. They started to learn how to throw a proper punch, how to move their head if somebody is throwing a punch at them, how to block punches, how to, you know, build that self confidence and that understanding of a dangerous situation. They ended up defending themselves and now they're not bullied anymore. And then, like another guy, he came in here out of shape. Was like, you know, I weighed 300 plus pounds and I wanted to go to GB3. I wanted to lose all this weight. Wasn't really seeing the results he wanted. Came in here, started doing the boxing classes and the martial arts classes. I can only lift my leg this high. And so he's been doing it for a little over a month now. He comes in yesterday. He's like, talks to me after class. He's like, you know what? I noticed something. I stand a little bit taller now. Like, I'm not slouched over. Like, my body feels good. My mind, he's like, I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if it's physical. But, like, I just noticed, like, I stand up straighter now. And body language is a real thing, right? So that tells me that he's building that confidence. He's like, yeah, I do feel more confident. I do feel that now, like, like I have a sense of pride about me that I, I have this, like, This physical posture that is affecting my mental posture, right? And then it's also now he's losing weight. He's getting all this blood to his muscles. He's able to stand up. He's able to get his leg up higher. He's able to move in a way that makes him happy. So just simple things like that. People come in with this scary expectation like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to this boxing gym. I'm just going to get beat up. But the way that I teach my classes is, the beginners aren't getting hit; they're hitting pads, they're hitting bags, they're learning their technique, and by doing that, they're building their conditioning, they're building their mentality, and now these people are coming in after their first class and they're like, "I'm so happy I finally made it in here." I was so nervous when I started, but now I'm excited. Let's let's do this. Let's get going. So there's just an excitement and a mentality shift that leads to that physical growth.
0: Yeah. Well, and you kind of segued nicely into what I want to talk about next, which is uh, kind of, you know, there's certain there's certain kinds of culture that's associated with with martial arts gyms, and I know that you're trying to do things differently. So, can you kind of contrast with some of the more maybe toxic elements of martial arts gyms in the past, and then what you're trying to do differently?
1: Yeah, there's always been this crazy stigma about martial arts, right? Like, you go in there, you better be ready because day one, you're getting thrown in with the best guy and they're just gonna beat you up until you hit the floor. I've heard a lot of horror stories about gyms and I've experienced those as well. People just go in there expecting you to know how to fight, but not everybody has been in that environment. Like growing up street fighting or not being afraid of a situation is different than competing in a sport or learning a sport, right? If it's your first day of football, am I going to have you go against like Ray Lewis or lacquer and like all these guys and be like, all right, try to shake that guy and get into the end zone. Like, no, they're going to take your head off. So you you can't do that with beginning boxings. People that have done this for the first time, they don't know how to hold their feet. They don't know how to throw a punch. And if they go in there and they start sparring, they're going to get hurt. And I heard this one horror story of this guy that came in. He said the rule at our gym was, You couldn't leave until you sparred after class, until somebody hit the ground. So whether you knock somebody to the ground or somebody knocked you to the ground, that's the only way you can leave the gym. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like that is a traumatic experience. And so what's different about us is we wanted to change that culture. Like we don't want our gym to be a scary gym. We want our gym to be something that your whole family can come into. So, we have our people that want to get into fitness. So, we have our morning classes that are we call HIT KO. That's a mix of martial arts and HIT fitness. So, you're hitting the bag, you're doing your physical exercises, right? Your squats, your lung walk, your lunge walks, your jump ropes, your battle ropes, and then you're back on the bag. And then you're doing other things, right? You're lifting your weights, you're doing shoulder presses, and then you're back on the bag. So you're, you're learning martial arts techniques in a way that is going to improve your physical fitness, right? It may not be the most applicable in your self-defense or anything like that, but it's a fun way to move your body, get your heart rate up, right? And then we have our people that come in here and they're like, all right, maybe I'm leaving to college in two months and I kind of want to learn some skills in order to protect myself in case I'm in a rough situation. Or somebody that comes in here, hey, I'm looking for a fun new way. I've always watched boxing. I've always watched UFC. And I kind of want to learn how to do this stuff. Like, I don't really want to compete. I just want to learn it. So we have our beginning classes, beginning MMA and our beginning boxing class that are in the afternoons. So 5, 5 p.m. to about 7.30 is when we do our beginning classes. So, hey, I want to learn how to take somebody down because I've always watched UFC. I want to know how they do it. So you teach them those techniques and they're like, oh, wow, this is really fun. Like, I never thought that I would be able to do this. So they, they get in there, they do it, and then they're just smiles ear to ear. They're like, wow, I actually took somebody down. I learned how to choke somebody. and like I learned how to get out of these moves, right? And then you have your guys that come in later in the afternoon, they have dreams of being a professional boxer or professional mixed martial artist, and they want to train every single day and they want to live in the gym and they actually want to apply these techniques. So they get in here and we do more technical sparring because we don't want people leaving with headaches, broken noses, getting discouraged because every day I come in here, I'm just getting my head bashed back. Right. Or I'm getting my leg chopped down and and now I can't walk for the next three days. And so they're missing time at the gym. And that's time that they can be used, spent to learn techniques and to apply techniques and to get better. So we try to keep everything with technical sparring. So that way you're comfortable experimenting. All right. You see a punch coming. You're not scared because you know, if it does hit you, it's not going to kill you. Right. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to damage you, but it's going to remind you, hey, I didn't move my head so now okay i gotta get my head out to the side or somebody throws a kick at you it's like man i really need to learn to start blocking those so now you try that and then you try your offense so we have something for everybody we're actually starting to implement next month an experimental just summer program so we're going to start getting kids involved with their parents we're going to call it family fight club and yeah. so from three to six years old we're going to have a 30 minute class where kids are going to learn just some basic fundamentals, right? All right. This is your left hand. This is called the jab. You're going to throw it out. And their parents are actually going to do the class with them. So the parents will be holding the pad. So that way the parent and the child can learn these techniques together in a very like easy, fun way where they're playing games and they're trying to just get used to being in that social environment. But then they're also bonding as a family. So it's not a 30-minute babysitting session, right, where the parents are just on the phone, in the couch, or wherever they're at, thinking about all these other problems. They're bonding with their child and having fun as well. And then we're going to do a 7- to 11-year-old program. So that way these kids are learning a little bit more advanced techniques, and the parents are still there having fun with the kid. Because a lot of the times we come in, hey, do you guys have a program for my child? Because like I kind of want to do it with them. So we're going to try it out. We're going to see if people like it. If it's a hit, we'll continue it. If not, then, you know, we tried it out. We experimented and then we'll adapt and go from there. So we're we're trying to find a way to offer a program that fits everybody instead of just a certain type of person. And we're a family here. So we want everybody to come in. We want your whole family here. We want you all to improve inside of the gym and outside of the gym. So I I feel that's what makes us different. Like, you're not just a number here, right? All right, you're number 37. You're going to go on bag 12 and pay your rent. And then we'll see you next month. Now, I know everybody's names in here, no matter how challenging they are. (laughs) I I make it a point to remember everybody's name, have a conversation with everybody and make you feel like you're part of this family because you are like without you guys we don't have a gym so we want to make sure that when you come in here you're getting your money's worth but then you're also getting your emotional worth right so we'll make you feel special we want to make you feel like you're a part of this family because you are
0: i love the idea of like parents using their bodies with their kids and like getting away from screens and phones and like all these things that are separating and making our home lives and family lives more difficult. And I think when you're doing bodily things with people, I think that's when you get closest to people too. And like having those shared experiences. So I I love all the things you're describing. I'm going to ask you a big picture Fresno thing now to kind of set all this in context. How would the city of Fresno change if more people practice martial arts?
1: A lot of it we come Fresno is not, not like the highest income areas, right? You have your, just like anywhere, you have your great spots that are, you know, well, like you have your Clovis, your North Fresno, but then you got kind of like yourself West East Fresno that, you know, they don't have the same opportunities as these other people. They come from more challenging backgrounds. There's more gangs, there's more drugs. There's a lot of situations where people get in and, A lot of the times they get into that stuff because they don't have an outlet. So maybe they don't like basketball. Maybe they don't like soccer. Maybe they don't like baseball. So if these kids aren't in sports, if they're not finding an activity that they enjoy, if they're insecure about themselves, if they're always constantly worried that, oh, Maybe I'm going to get robbed on my way home. Maybe somebody's going to bring a gun to school, right? Like we have all these tragic real world problems that people don't have a way of dealing with them. So if more people did martial arts, they would have that self-confidence that, hey, I don't have to go out and hurt somebody to feel better about myself or, hey, maybe I can walk home and maybe I can ride my bike around town because I'm not worried that. If somebody does try to rob me or somebody does try to take my bike away, right, if somebody does try to grab me, I'm able to protect myself. I'm able to hold my head up high in pride. And I feel the death of the ego is something that's super important. If you're not worried about somebody hurting your feelings, guess what? They're not going to hurt your feelings with what they say. If they cyber bully you or something, you're going to be like, I don't care what they say. I know it's not true, Right. And other people are going to know that it's not true because of who I am and how I conduct myself. But if I'm insecure and I let all these things get to me and now I need to lash out at them because they hurt my feelings, then that's when we start getting into all these problems. That's when kids start to join gangs because they're they just want to fit in somewhere. So if you can come to a, a martial arts gym like ours and be a part of this family where people actually care about you and people actually want you to do better in life then you're going to do better in life if you're mixing yourself with a crowd that's only worried about doing drugs only worried about hurting people who really don't care about life then guess what you're going to fall into that crowd and you're going to get stuck in that crowd and all this time is going to pass by and you're going to go through a lot of bad situations all because you weren't part of something that could have made you better
0: That's a good word. A lot of people need a sense of direction. And I think physical activity is one of those great things where you see results, you feel better, you're more focused and clear. A lot of those things are just kind of outcomes, right? And especially now in our culture of loneliness, our culture of lack of kind of purpose and direction for a lot of people, I think going to a gym like yours could really help people get a sense of direction. We always close with books. What are a couple books that you would recommend that are important to you?
1: I'm not a huge book reader, to be honest. I've always like spent my time in college and like school. So you're always reading like textbooks, right? Mm-hmm. So I always love reading anything about the human body and the human mind or the spirit or things that we can do that make you a better person because we're we're our own greatest project. We, if we're lucky, we have 100 years on this planet, right? Most people don't make it to 100. But let's say we got 100 years. Most people spend their first 20 years learning. And then, all right, that's who I am for the rest of my life, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. we have all these opportunities to improve ourselves. But one book that I really like is The Book of Five Rings by, what's his name? Musashi. Okay, yeah. he, he's a famous swordsman. And So he likes to talk a lot about philosophy and it's mainly about sword fighting, but you can apply these metaphors and philosophies to your daily life. So like one thing we were talking about, all right, if you're in a battle and something's not working, you have to be calm and you have to retrain the way you think and try a different approach. So certain things like that, there's philosophies that, you can apply to just your work life, your relationships, your marriage, whatever, your community. There's always a way that you can better yourself to help better others. So I would say The Book of Five Rings by Musashi.
0: That's a great book, and I've read it. And it's kind of, for me, in that genre of, like, another good one that's kind of like that that I took a lot of lessons from was, like, I think it's the Art of Archery or Zen and the Art of Archery or something along those lines. And I thought that was just a really profound book. And then there's another one called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which was an important one for me in college. It's another great book kind of in that genre. So I would really encourage people, if you haven't read any of those three books, to pick one up. To close, where's your gym and how can people sign up for programs?
1: So our gym is located in the Fre- in the River Park area of Fresno. It's 2.30 West Fallbrook Avenue, Suite 101, Fresno, California, 93711. And we're open Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. all the way up until 10.30 p.m. In the morning, we got our fitness classes. We have an open gym period from 10 to 5. And then from 5.15 to 10 o'clock, we're teaching our martial arts classes. So we got something for everybody. Um, ways that you can sign up, you can always call, come in, try out a free class. We always offer a free class. We want you to try before you buy, because we know if you come in here, you try it out, you're going to love it, and you're going to want to do it more. The hard part's getting in here. Once you get in here, like I said, always free for the first class, try it, see how you like it, how you enjoy the environment, the way we teach our classes, and just about everybody that comes in signs up. So we want you to come be a part of the family. You can visit us online to sign up, or come in and we'll sign you up right on the right on the spot. So, come in, try out a free class. Again, name is Sinister Boxing and MMA Academy. Don't be don't be worried about the name. I promise you, we have good intentions here. So, um, <laughs>
0: yeah, our well, website. I, w- uh, I was gonna say, like, how can you say no to a free class? I mean, I ha- there, there's just no way to say no to that, right? I mean, an opportunity yeah. to try something new.
1: If you can do something that's going to better your life and it's free, like how can you pass
0: it up? Right? Exactly. Yeah. A lot of the you know, times, I'm not like, part of, for the record. I'm not part <laughs> of the marketing team right now. I'm just saying <laughs> like that just makes sense to me. Something, yeah. something that could better you and you get to try it before you buy it. And it's one of those, like we
1: said, there's a stigma behind martial arts. So we're trying to change that stigma. So don't be intimidated when you come in here. We're all friendly people. We love talking. We'll, we'll talk your ear off. If you want to come in here for Open Gym and talk to us for four hours about martial arts or about life or conspiracies or anything that's on your mind that you want to talk about, like we're here to talk. We're, we're here to get you in the right mental space. We're here to teach you martial arts, but we're also here to be your friend and make you part of our family. So come on in, free class, visit us online so you can get more ideas about our program www.sbmmafresno.com gives you all the info about our programs, pricing, what we offer, who we are, our philosophies, everything like that. Follow us on Instagram, Sinister Boxing MMA. That way you can see what the product looks like before you come in. So you can see how everybody's having fun. Everybody's having a good time, smiling. You can see the progression of our people from when they first started to whenever they leave. So Come on, check us out. We're, awesome. we're free. We're here for you guys.
0: Well, thanks for talking to me, George. This was I really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I walked away with a lot I know that the listeners have as well. So I appreciate you doing it. Definitely
1: appreciate you having
0: me on too. Fresnos best. Thanks for listening everyone. As always, you can support this podcast by leaving us a rating and review or by making a financial contribution at our patreon page, which is ww.patreon.com/ Fresnos best. We'll see you next time.